Best Book Bits podcast brings you Molina Benston, entrepreneur, CEO, coach, speaker, podcast host, teacher, course creator, publisher, marketing expert, and author of the book, Marketing Made Human, The Art and Science of Creating a Lovable Brand. Molina, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Michael. That sounded quite impressive. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Sometimes your uh, your life resume is always good when it's spoken by someone else, but it definitely is amazing. You've done some uh, cool things. Can you take us back to your early career and walk us through your story? Well, the short version is seven years in accounting. I don't know what I did there. Pretty soon you, that's not for me. Then I became a, an IT teacher in the mid-90s when that was a new thing. Then I moved on to innovation in an insurance company. And at some point I reached director level and I realized the more they promote me, the less I like my job. <laughs> so I ended up quitting my job, moved to South America. It wasn't really my plan. I ended up staying more than two years there after really just going for seven months. <laughs> so there I met book publishing. Uh, so that's really what I do most now is that I help people publish their uh, non-fiction books to grow their businesses. Yeah, awesome. And that's sort of how I came across yourself as well, being in a, a, a similar space, helping people write their first book or helping people market their book as well. You do something a little bit different as well. So you cover everything with, with marketing, helping people uh, create courses as well, self-publishing their books too. Talk us a little bit about how that got started and what's the sort of process you do when working with clients. And then we'll jump into the, the marketing book as well. It's such a fantastic book. Yes, thank you. I, I, I really wanted to help people. Uh, I had this, this desire to help people leave corporate careers if they didn't want to be there and find, show them a different work style. So I designed some business criteria. I wanted to be location free. I wanted to be scalable. I wanted to work with smart people that I loved working with. Uh, and all of this led me to digital courses. So I started teaching and creating digital courses myself. Uh, for a while. And then I realized that people kept asking me about my uh, earlier book creation career in South America. So that's how I moved into books. And slowly, I just saw that more and more, the book was the starting point of my journey with them. That's what made my business mostly most unique. Uh, so we start with a book, but many of them are really on that same journey. They have consultancy, coaching, um, teaching, uh, they are to public speaking, uh, but they they have reached. They are very successful in that, but they have reached this level where they cannot really uh, grow their business without moving into online courses. So that's why we ended up doing that. But then I realized, uh, working with these course creators, that they struggle with marketing and sales online because their one-to-one -one business was very much. Um, based on referrals. So if you want to move into more scalable, you need, you need new strategies for marketing and selling. And they really were hesitant going in that direction. And I was so curious about that. Uh, and that, that's really what started my journey on the book, Marketing Made Human. I wanted to understand where does all of this fear come from? Because what they really do is helping more people. 
So how can that be so scary? <laughs> so that that question was my entering point into doing the research for the book. Yeah, awesome, amazing. Yeah, some of the notes I got from that as well in your bio is you teach students how to overcome fear and reluctance to marketing sales. What are some of the pitfalls that people fall into? I mean, I'm a course creator myself and I've worked with many course creators over the years as well. Why, why do people struggle with marketing and selling and what are some things that we can do to overcome that, especially in the course? You might create a, an amazing course, but struggle to, to sell it. What are some tips and tricks that we can use to overcome the uh, inertia of marketing and selling and make it scalable? Well, for, for a while, I thought it was really just about finding a teacher that you liked and identifying a strategy that fit well with your personality and, and then started uh, practicing and learning that a skill in, in within that uh, social media platform or advert, paid advertising or whatever it might be. I thought it was about the skills and me showing up as a teacher I am to be able to help a specific segment because they like me. <laughs> but then I realized it goes much deeper than that. It's about, uh, we, we are, uh, you could say, the, the culture we come from is very much based on when we talk who does great marketing? It's the bigger brands that come up all the time. It's corporate brands. And I saw that all of these course creators, they hired videographers instead of just using their phone. <laughs> they, they needed a studio. They were planning so much that they got really very little marketing done. And then it dawned on me, they are trying to become corporate brands. And that's, the, that's just such a pity because nobody trusts corporate brands. They trust other people. And I came across the information that, that in fact, 70% of all the marketing activities happening or all the, the, of the process that a potential customer goes through has nothing to do with the strategy that the company has outlined and that they are following. It's people talking to other people. So how can we conduct marketing in a world where people don't want us to market to them? They don't want to be sold to, uh, but also where there's so much happening outside of our marketing funnels that we have no control over. And I realized that uh, the, the way forward is to stop trying to control it <laughs> and start in, to inspire it instead. And, and embrace this is how the world is working. Stop being a corporate brand, showing up as the most authentic part, uh, uh, version of you so that you can connect with people. So what I, my conclusion was that I want to promote that marketing is helping people decide whether you are for them or not. So we give them information to overcome their we call them objections, I call them obstacles, because they're quite often self-inclined for the person you want to sell to, that, that they don't know if they're ready for the transformation that you are selling. And until you have helped them figure out, is this really what I want? And is, uh, am I ready to invest? In this case, with my business now, is mostly, am I ready to invest in, in the time in writing a book? Am I ready for this? Will this be the best for my business? more than it is about me as a seller. So convincing them is not going to help. I need to help them decide whether or not it's right for them. And frankly, uh, 
it's it's not super fun to work one to one with people who are not ready so so we don't we have a common interest really to figure out is the timing right is this the right for process for you uh, so once we get um, once we start uh, trying to convince people and instead be really curious about what's driving them what is it that they want what's really their uh, beliefs and assumptions holding them back in going for what they want because when they come to me for a book they know they want a book i don't have to convince them that a book is great they know that they might not know all of the aspects of it but they wouldn't even be in the conversation if they didn't think a book was interesting but they're not sure about whether they can write a book or whether they will prioritize the time and whether they will be judged uh, when they do so. So there are always emotions standing in the way of people taking that these, especially when it's bigger transformations or bigger projects, something there's a lot of emotions in and every coach uh, would, would recognize that in their audience that people have emotions that stands in the way of what they really want to achieve. And and as marketers, we just need to realize it's the very same thing in marketing. People want whatever they want, but they, are, they need to find the courage to do so and to, have a, um, to know if the timing is right. And when you can help people with that, then they will automatically connect with you and there will be no need for convincing that it, they are going to pick you because you were the person who unlocked that in them, that they found the courage to do what they want to achieve. Yeah, thank you for sharing. And yeah, well explained as well. Well, the big elephant in the room is marketing. I mean, there's so many great teachers around the world, but they get to the point where they struggle with communicating their expertise in packages and clusters and books and information to actually create a sale, create a connection, create a rapport, create a relationship, make money for what they what they do. It's such a red ocean as well and so many people are doing it and there's so many money in the in the ocean as well that some people just, you know, get to a point where they might create a fantastic course, they might write a great book, make a great YouTube channel products, whatever it is, but fail in the sense of making that connection with, with marketing as well. Let's jump into the book. When did it come out? It's called Marketing Made Human. And, and why did you write the book? Well, I basically wrote it because I needed to understand my audience better. I wanted to understand what it, what is it actually that's happening and how can I help them overcome that fear so that they will start creating courses and share their wisdom with the world. Uh, both within courses and also with the book part of my business, it, it really comes from a big drive of showing people that you can succeed with this other lifestyle, as I mentioned earlier, but also that for, for a long time, educational institutions, universities, book publishers have been controlling who will get access to what kind of information. And so there's a little bit of a rebel in me <laughs> that wants to make a, I want people who hold great solutions for, for, for real problems that people have to share them. So that's really a, a big driver for me. But in, in more technical terms, I wrote the book to kind of 
work my way deep into this content and really understand what was happening and also work work my way down to what are the beliefs and assumptions that I need to change to change this perception of marketing in in the minds of my uh, audience well well put and we share a similar philosophy i i myself love first time authors and people that want to write books and i don't see why we call ancient media or the sort of current media giant special in the publishing world control what information we see by the talking heads of famous authors why should why do we put so much weight on famous authors and we don't put as much weight on a new author i find that interesting as well so yeah i'm all about encouraging and lifting up new authors and people out there that don't have a massive audience too so yeah i applaud you for what you've done as well some of the notes i got from the book you start out straight away with sort of a knockout punch where you say most marketing is happening at the front end of the business but most of the marketing is actually happening at the back end of the business. So companies are spending so much money on the front end of marketing. Look at me, look at me, buy my products. But the conversations are happening sort of outside of that where sales happen as a consequence of customers selling to customers. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think that especially in the course creation, uh, the teaching businesses, I think I've bought pretty much uh, all of the bigger programs <laughs> from the famous course creating teachers and none of them are teaching how to teach. They are teaching how to find, they are basically teaching the marketing side of it, but they're not teaching that if you don't get people results, they will not go out there into the world knowing now that 70% of that uh, marketing activity are people talking to other people? Uh, we need to focus a lot more on the delivery side, on, on building into our online courses uh, mechanisms that will help people actually get the result from what we were selling. So just focusing on selling, uh, in, especially in this, uh, in, since it's now possible to, to create a fully automated business, so you are marketing in automated for automated funnels. You're converting in an automated funnel. You are delivering your digital product in an automatically hands off. You don't need to do anything. People will get access. They can start going through the course, and you might never meet the customer. And for a long time, that was kind of the philosophy within course creation that, that it would give you that freedom to scale limitless because you didn't have to be present. But you do have to be present and you do need to uh, have a stronger focus on people actually getting results from that teaching product. Because if you don't, you're missing out on 70% of the marketing of more people coming in. We need to create happy customers, people who went through our content, got the results, and will go out there into the world and speak positively about you. So that's what I mean by a customer-driven marketing, that you are focusing on creating that value for the people you already have. That's a much stronger strategy than spending all of your time creating new ads, <laughs> because that will just... Uh, target more cold traffic of course it can be through other media that are not completely cold traffic but still they don't have the experience of uh, what you actually can do they can 
they can see examples, they can listen to examples, but they didn't experience it themselves. But if they meet other people who have that experience, that this product really works, this product helped me go through that transformation and now I live this more awesome life, that's a much better uh, way of doing your marketing. So I've, I've, I feel that we're missing out on that 70% that are outside of uh, our control. Where we can control it is to feed, uh, to spark conversation about the awesomeness of what we are selling, but among the people who actually bought it, not among cold audiences. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a lot of people just focus on the front end marketing and just getting that sale without delivering the results or the testimonials or the referrals. You know, the duct tape marketing, no like trust, but then it's try, buy, repeat and refer. And refer is business continuity. If you don't have that refer at the end, you're just constantly going to be spending money on marketing where, you know, some of the greatest brands, you don't need to spend that much money on the front end if you've got enough customers getting the results because they're the ones that are going to be selling your business to other customers as well. Moving on, you know, the history of marketing has been around for a while and, you know, we, we're bombarded with marketing every day. It sort of becomes a, a blurry vision as well, which you talk about in the book too. But some of the origins for the love or dislike of marketing i love how you sort of wrapped them up down the bottom underneath the sort of the iceberg we've got fundamental human drives beliefs and assumptions then our values and then above that our sort of sense making and thoughts and then what we feel and then last all that accumulates into what we take action on as well so as a marketer going underneath the surface we have to sort of hit those points as well can you talk a little bit about sort of the underlying fears that people have you know human desires beliefs and values and and what you've learned with the book as well Yes, we, we basically have uh, four uh, human desires that are fundamental to every person on the planet. And it really comes from, uh, from this comes from uh, evolution theory about, it's about survival. We need to belong somewhere and we can tap in, into that uh, fundamental uh, desire of belonging and also use it to understand the beliefs that are controlling uh, people's decisions. So you just mentioned that journey through through uh, the values and sense making and understanding where do people's decisions come from is super important. And one of them is definitely about a fear of not belonging. So let's use uh, the the book segment as an as an example again. So if I publish a book that people don't like, I will be rejected from the people I want to like me. So that, that's, a, uh, that's this, the fear of not belonging, the fear of not being accepted that are definitely controlling many of our decisions in our daily lives and in our businesses as well, and as marketeers as well. So it's the reverse of success because people think if they get successful, then they won't belong. So that's uh, uh, the fear of actually taking action because they don't want to stand out and they'd rather just be with the crowd. Uh, that's my thoughts on what you said. But yeah, please continue. Yeah, definitely. I actually mentioned that at the end of the book, the money shame. It's the, 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 if we succeed, I mentioned it as money shame, but also actually there's a, a, a chapter that talks about uh, how you need to uh, be very attentive to 
who you spend time with and what will happen when you start growing and you start uh, selling more and you will move away from some of the people that you hold dear. They might not understand that journey. They will feel that you are leaving the group. So that's definitely about belonging or not. So if I become too successful, I will leave people behind. So there's some very deep emotional things to uh, to be very mindful of here. So let, let, let me move into the second one. That's importance. And that's being more specific about how am I important to the context uh, that I am in. And I, I can I quite often use an example that's very little business related. When we asked our child to bring that plate into the table, we are providing them. We're not asking them to do something for us. We are giving them an important role in the family so that they will feel they belong. So it's, it's, a, it's just another aspect of belonging again. But to feel important, uh, to have a skill that is useful to in, in the context or to uh, the next one is ability to feel capable and feel you can master things. That's super fundamental as well. So if people feel that I'm not one that can write a book, I'm not a good writer, for example, I need to address that in my marketing and also and show them how that is not really a problem. But also, again, it, come, again, it comes back to this fear of rejection that, that if I am not capable, I'm not important, I don't belong, people are looking for places to get these needs fulfilled and they are not fulfilled for most people. It sounds maybe a little bit simplistic. You definitely should read the book and get into depth with this. Half of the entire population, they feel lonely. So we, we this belonging and this finding what I'm good at and how I can contribute is so important to, uh, to all of us. And we need to understand their mindset around this to understand, in order to understand how can I then be the person who can help them overcome these obstacles in achieving their goal, not only in the marketing process, but also during my course so that they will get the results. And, and the last one is, the last one is serving and feeling generous and contributing that you're actually taking action and doing things. So when I can help a person actually take action and especially when it's a course creator i can help take action i can create those um, i don't know what an english expression would be uh, since i'm danish but it's like rings in the water i help a course creator they help more people they help more, help more people so so um this serving is natural to to most course creators they want to serve their audience but they don't understand marketing as serving. <laughs> so that is serving. That's just serving your audience before they actually became customers. But you are serving them if you are helping them decide whether your product is right for them or not. Yeah, well said. And some of the notes I got from that, you said sort of we need to belong, the importance context as well, the having the ability to be capable, fear of rejection, needs fulfilled, lonely, not belonging, serving, contributing, taking action. So these are things we need to, as marketers, 
address when we're talking communicating to our prospects or clients our messages that they might be thinking feeling or under the surface so it's talking to them at a deeper level about things that we know that they're experiencing to obviously use our products use our services to overcome that as well and and be the leader in the tribe and help them help them sort of belong as well so yeah well well put one of the things in the book you talk about is relationship marketing what is relationship marketing and why that's a little bit different than the the normal sort of marketing that that people know well it's a it the, this specific term comes from Mara Smith she's the queen of Facebook <laughs> so if you don't follow her on Facebook that's definitely to know where what's going on on, on Facebook uh, but I mostly use her re, the reference to her is that that this is not new this is something this term has been there for her book came out 20 years ago almost <laughs> it's I don't remember the year but but this is not a new term this is something that people have been talking about for a long time nobody just put it in the context of course creators and and use this to uh, to work with the, the person who's going to market their product their internal needs and their basic human desires. Uh, so relationship marketing is very much about building a connection between people. So it's between me and you, if, I, if you're in my audience and I want to send you, sell you something at some point, or I want you, really what I want is for you to ask me to, what, how can you help me, Malina? Uh, so I will work with our relationship and help you on your journey, deciding on what you want, and at some point, you will ask me, but how, how can you help me? How can, how can I work with you? That's really what we want to obtain, that we build a relationship first and have that patience instead of starting saying, you know what, I have this program and you can, you can buy this and you can start tomorrow and it's gone tomorrow and very, very much into these scarcity factors and, and urgency uh, triggers. Uh, instead, I take my time to work up a relationship with my audience and I know very well not all are going to come into my program now but if I help them overcome some of their struggles they will go tell other people <laughs> and they will know okay so this was not for me but this person over there that I know I should send them in here because this is for them so we that's that's kind of a working into our audience to have them go out in the world and tell other people and thereby identifying the right people for us to work with. Because we don't want any person as a customer. We want the people that we can help the best and that we find it most interesting to work with. And in order for that to happen, we need to show up honest and with an honest desire of we, that we care, that we really were there to serve, we want to help. We need to be, again, going back to the basic human desires, be generous. Uh, we, and, and when we are generous, we feel good about ourselves and we get the people, get to work with the people that we can create the best results for. And again, going back full circle, that's important because we, if we don't get great results, we don't have people that will go out in the world and tell more people. So, so really accepting that I'm not for everyone and I need to be happy in my business. And when I work with people that I can help the best, where I can really make a difference, I will be the best teacher they get 
and they will be the most happy customer. And happy customers go out tell other people to come join. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think it goes full circle as well. Some of the notes I got from the book, you talked about you know B to, uh, business to business, which is B to B. We've heard the term B to C, business to consumer, and then P to P, which is people to people, which is might be new to some people. There's other terms like H to H, which is human to human, and C to C, which is customer to customer as well. But you prefer to talk about sort of people to people, and you talk about in the book, it does come full circle from the original caveman, which is P to P, to the new P to P, whereas we're, we're, what you just talked about is sort of values, authenticity, and relationships, which is the very foundation for marketing. It's similar to what I do. So I, I was coaching for many years. I was creating lots of courses, products, eBooks for multiple different segments in my market as well, but basically just the same marketing message. It wasn't until only a couple of years ago I realized who my ideal client was, and that was authors. So I stopped coaching entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, people, just general people that just wanted to work with me. I only work with authors because that's the, my ideal client, because I'm an, not only an author myself, but their values align, the, the relationships align, and the authenticity aligns too, and they're smart people. And it's nice to work with the people that uh, have similar traits and values than yourself as well. So being a marketer, creating courses, creating products, you do have to get down to your ideal client first. Who do you want to work with? How do you want to serve them? And how can you be authentic with your passion, your purpose, and your vision as well. So I like how you put all that together as well. Is there anything you want to add on that? We've sort of, we've talked about it already, but people to people marketing. Yeah, no, I think you covered it quite well. I think I think that 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 we, that reflection, most people have that reflection that how, what does my market look like? Who can I sell what to? Like very MBA approach. I can say that because I'm an MBA. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very uh, uh, four, two by two approach like an MBA would do. It's very analytical, but what I'm suggesting is that we look more inward as well and understand that the exact same things that are creating this fear in us is the exact same thing they need to tap into in their audience, no matter what they're teaching. The as long as they're teaching some kind of change for people, the, that the, it will be the same. So looking more inward as well, and looking at and at what will make me happy. Uh, who who do I want to belong to? Uh, so that I don't have an audience. Uh, you can build a big audience, but if you really don't enjoy working with the people, you will start you will start uh, not wanting to show up really. <laughs> so. We need to be happy as entrepreneurs as well. So as soon as we kind of find that uh, that that within us, what is it, what is it really that is my burning desire to help with, and connect with, with the fears and and um, and and these basic human desires in your audience, then something great can happen, and it will, then marketing will feel natural. Because I would never reject an offer. I hear that sometimes. I have a few competitors that uh, pe they reject people uh, for reasons that I just don't understand. And that kind of is evidence for me that they have some set of values. I have other set of values. And when I show those values, more of those people will come to me. But if I try to look like a corporate brand, 
that is as little opinionated as possible <laughs> and that is very polished and people will not know there's a person behind this in my business, I might not have attracted those people. Uh, so, so, and, and surely I say stuff that will other, that will make other people run away and run to them. And that's how marketing should work so that every person works with the person they're supposed to work with. <laughs> Exactly. You you talk about Gary Vee in the book as well and how, you know, he as a as a marketer but also makes sure that he stands out in what he believes and people know who he is. So some people hate him, some people like him, but that, that is the role of a marketer as well with the invitation to lead. I just want to read something from the book, one of these great notes that you actually wrote. So you talk about invitation to lead. People looking to have their problems solved and then looking for a guide to find their way in all that information. They will trust your information when they trust you as a person. They need a filter for relevancy of information. They need someone to organize and show the path, the order of the steps they need to take in order to get a certain benefit. They want someone who believes in them, someone who holds them accountable, someone whom they can relate to and share their values with. This is all about being authentic as well. And they want, they want to belong somewhere. And when they truly feel they belong, the balance will shift and they will even feel the brand belongs to them and they are a part of it as well great words and then you talk about brand is not about dressing up it's about showing up which you said before you want to add on to anything on that it's quite common that that what we have learned from about branding like if if we didn't kind of uh, dive this deep into it but more in general people learned about branding is about everything being aligned and not ever making an area error uh, controlling what information comes out, not showing something of your personal life. Um, and that's what disconnects people. So I would never feel that I own a, an airline brand, <laughs> for example, because, they, well, that's a, actually a very good example in that industry, just <laughs> to pull that from that. Southwest Airlines, they have actually managed to do that, that the brand belongs to the customers and to the people who works there. So they get to decide how they welcome people and if they're going to make jokes or sing a song when they present the, the, the how to stay safe on board the flight. So they are the only airline who have managed to do that, that people actually think that they belong to the brand and it's a little bit my brand too. What I talk about here with the, with the course creators is also that you don't need to have everything figured out as long as if you find the right connections and you know you have the skills to help people with whatever they need help to, you can have people contribute as well. And they will. that is really offering them to feel generous. So for example, within my office, I have people who are skilled in any in, in many things, but I can ask them to contribute to the community. And this is relieving me from some work. Some work. It's easy content, <laughs> to, to, to be honest. It's easy content. I, other people get a platform for showing their expertise and helping the, the audience as a whole. But also that specific person will now f both feel uh, they are contributing, they are belonging, they are important to the community and they get the chance to uh, to serve and give back reciprocity, the feeling of when this community gave me a lot, then I can also, uh, I'm, I'm just happy that I can give something back to that community. Uh, so 
they will start feeling this brand is theirs. And I can I can tell you this week I actually had a call from a customer in my community who basically purchased everything I ever sold and now I'm starting to ask questions of next time you have you are hosting this book camp in Spain I'm not able to be there but when will it be in in the springtime because we are going to have one in spring she said <laughs> so so the brand has also become hers she is now part of an author community and she wants to be part of the community so that's very interesting that that you can uh, you don't need to push your brand people will do that for you if they love working with you absolutely i'm going through the same thing at the moment so best book bits as a brand has been going for about six years now and i've been a little bit up and down with my health in the last couple of years and i decided to put on a six month total body transformation accountability group and just put it out there i've done masterminds before being a part of masterminds coaching consulting but this is just a platform I'm putting together for my audience to say who wants to transform their body in six months and join me for free on an accountability group where we get together and I've had a couple dozen people join already and I'm, you know, people that have listened to my summaries, watched the interviews and been, feel a part of the brand, but I'm being authentic in the fact there's nothing behind the scenes, but literally just getting together. There's no strategy, there's no structure. I'll be learning from them. I'll be bringing on uh, health authors, learning from coaches and experts, giving them all the material I've done, the dozens of health books, fitness books. And, you know, it's not just about losing weight. Some people get enough sugar, chocolate, alcohol, putting on muscle, whatever it is, or just getting their health right. So creating that social space, which obviously the internet has brought brands alive and some people that resonated to come on. So yeah, I'm using my brand and my social social media to, to connect people together as well. So, and you know, that's, that's a really, that's a really, that's a really good example because if 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 you think traditionally building a brand it's in the kind of the company the corporate way would be analyze a lot have designers build a guide for how to do anything and make sure that nobody does anything differently that's corporate branding and that works for coca-cola <laughs> but for you and me and every other personal brand and especially people who teach something and who builds on that relationship uh, we are allowed to pivot and to do other things as well and people will still follow because what they believe is not only your skills in that specific area they believe your intention is to help them and, and it's really it's really so different from thinking marketing in general you would think a need and a solution but this this is just basic human needs wanting to belong wanting you help me feel that i'm serving you help me feel i'm belonging you help me feel important i want that whatever you're selling <laughs> yeah well my 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 only bar is creating content that educates so anything that i do if it's creating content that educates, then I'll do it. And and that's for best book bits. So I've got other brands and businesses that I work on, but that's different than best book bits. So I'll continue to do that. And I used to do just book summaries and I pivoted to interviewing authors. And behind the scenes, I work with authors, but I don't publicize that because it's private. But this is just about, hey, we're, we're human. To, this, is, this is getting back to the human to human marketing. It's not even marketing. It's just connecting with humans to say, I'm struggling. If I'm struggling, I know someone else is struggling out there. We're talking about health, which is 
you know, it's it's not like something you complete and it's finished. It's 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 part of life and it's about understanding this particular aspect. So I'm dedicating the next six months just to health and fitness. But moving on in the book, you talk about high tech amplifies the human touch. And I like how you said that we've got to put the social, um, sorry, you, you, the quote says, stop putting media first in your marketing strategy when in fact social is the heart of social media and your business success. Fantastic quote there as well. Anything you want to add on that? Well, in the book, I go through uh, the the formal statement, the vision statements of the platforms. And it's very clear that uh, if if you understand that these social media platforms, what, what I'm teaching here, they understood for a long, long time. So, for example, this is why they are promoting groups and friendships and connections over content right now. So it's about the connections. And when you look at those statements and you understand that what all of these platforms have in common is that they want to keep people on their platform. So they want to create a great experience and they want to help people will exactly fulfilling these basic human needs. Uh, when you understand that, then you also, uh, you're closer to understanding, but how does the algorithm work? It works like that. It, it, it reads the signals if people are interested or not. If they're not interested, they're not going to put the content in their feed. So just to, um, to uh, give an example, when you post something on your Facebook page or your LinkedIn page or wherever, you're lucky if 5% of the people that are connected with you there are reading your post unless, and this is where you can learn from Mari Smith, the queen of Facebook as well. She has like 60% engagement that 60% of her audience will respond in some way to her content. So she will be pushed out so that most of her audience will actually see the content. So creating that engagement is what drives the algorithm and how do you drive engagement by having conversations that are worth participating in so when we talk about something that's important to you and me people will go back and forth with comments which will boost your reach both within your own audience and uh, give you more reach to bigger audiences than your what you currently have following you very interesting you say that. Yeah, I had someone literally Facebook message me about 30 minutes ago. He's got 11,000 Facebook message members in his group, but the algorithms destroy and he's not reaching enough people and wants to know how he can fix it. And you just said it. It's funny, the universe works that way. And then you, you actually just said what to do. So one of the notes I got from the book that you wrote, which was great, people are moving away from features and benefits to warmth and competence. Can you expand on that warmth and competence? What do you mean by that? Additional, the way many of us, at least in my age, has learned is how to describe the product is to describe it with, it has six modules and in module one, you will learn this, 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 that's technical description of what's inside the product. But that's not what I want. I want to understand uh, what can I become when I've used your product? What can I become and how will you help me get those results? So that's what I mean, that, that, that it's very, um, it's not interesting if there are 15 videos or not, or how long these videos are. The very interested customer will probably not even ask if it's video or audio, 
They don't care. They want to understand the result and they want to believe that you can help them get the results. And if they struggle, that you will be there to help them. Marketing is helping, so is uh, delivering. <laughs> it's, it's about helping. They want to know that you will help them go through all of these difficult emotions that will come up when they take the next step within your product. And another great quote you put in the book about shared meaning and shared values. You say a Harvard study found that the primary driver of loyalty is shared meaning. 25% are willing to pay more if the values aligned and 51% will buy exclusively based on shared values as well. It's an amazing stat. Yeah, and yet what we talk about is if the right price is right, do I give enough content? We, uh, the topics within uh, course creators are quite often not about that. <laughs> it's not about values and meaning. It's not about the alignment that we work well together as a group or that, they, that, they, that I will work well with this particular uh, customer in my course. Uh, it's very much about the technical stuff. We tend to uh, to focus on that. Loyalty is loyalty programs are very often about prices, discounts, uh, getting points that I can use for something else, which is also price. It's very money oriented, and people don't care about that. When when you build proper relationships, of course you need to target an audience that can afford whatever you're offering. But if we assume that, that you, you've thought about that, that you're not uh, trying to sell Rolls Royces to students, <laughs> you, 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 there need to be, uh, it needs to be possible. Uh, but apart from that, it's very much about the relationship. It's not, and the result that you can get, help them get, they need to believe you can, you're a good teacher. That's what they want to know. And they want to know that they can get access to you, that they can find you when they need you, that you will respond to their questions, that it's not a monthly a coaching call with 2,000 people and you can ask your questions there, but we all know that they will never see my question. So how are you going to serve inside of your product? That's what should be in your description. Uh, because that's what creating, that that's where they see if there's an alignment in how my values and how I want to be treat it once I buy this product, what I need to learn the best, what I need to, uh, do, do I need you to, um, do I need carrot or, carrot or whip? <laughs> That's very much in the personality. We see course creators that are uh, quite, um, what is that concern? They, they, they are kind of harsh in their language and they say, you gotta get like Gary Vee. <laughs> Get going. You have to do this. And they're very harsh. But if that's not my values, you're not going to sell anything to me. If my values are that you will, I can email you whenever I want, I would happily pay more for that. It's not about the price. It's about how will you help me and do our values align? And then it's it's all about trust as well. So trust is built on, on everything within a relationship and they're looking for someone they can trust to actually drag them across the, the goal line, so to speak, and get the result that they're after as well. One of the last quotes before we sort of wrap up, I do encourage people to go out there, follow your stuff and buy the book because there's so much in this. It's a, a 250 page book about human to human marketing and marketing made easy as well. But you talk about there's three basic ways you can grow a business. We know that you can sell to more people or you can sell more 
to people. But the third way is you can help people want to sell for you, which I think is great because that is business continuity and that's perpetual marketing where you've got so many people out there word of mouth talking about your business offline and online and that, that's that's the name of the game. Rolls-Royce don't advertise. Why? Because their customers don't watch TV, number one. And so it's very interesting that some of the luxurious brands in the world don't advertise. A, a, a great like uh, physical product is also the iPhone. <laughs> People will lie two days in out in a line sleeping in the street to get the newest model still after all these years. And it, they don't even know once they buy it, they don't know how it's different. So it's not that it's not the technical description that people are buying. They are buying the idea of and the belief that it will be awesome because it's Apple. Apple. Yeah, I'm not sure if you want to add on to that or anything else in the book that you want to talk about before we sort of wrap it up. I seen an advertising the other day on the new iPhone 13, and the only thing it said was iPhone 13 in Alpine green. Nothing about features, benefits. It was just showing a new 13. Looks like the same old phone. I'm not an iPhone person, but just a new color. I don't, I don't get it. Anyway, Melina, thank you for writing the book, Marketing Made Human. There's so many great stuff in here. I've still got another 20 pages of notes, but it'll be another couple hours of a, a podcast. But let's wrap it up from there. Where can people buy the book, read the book, follow you socially as well? Well, I'm quite active on Instagram. Uh, also, I have a podcast called Marketing Made Human. So that's on your regular uh, podcast outlet. And you can go to malinabenson.com. There's a, a, in the menu, there's one called, is it books and audio? I think it's called. And there you can find a link to the book and also a sample chapter and a work and accompanying free workbook that goes with the book so that there's a lot of questions that if you ask, answer all of these questions, you will definitely be closer to feeling good about uh, marketing and selling and also to being successful in doing so. Yeah, thank you so much. And one last quote I just want to leave that, that you wrote in the book, which is marketing is something we do for people. We do not do it to them as well. So I think that's a good quote to end on because at the end of the day, people that are authentically marketing are trying to get the best result for other people, not just their money as well. So that's really, really great. So again, to my audience out there, go and follow Melina, buy her book, check out her courses. And if you're a budding first-time writer or want to write a non-fiction book, click the link below and it will take you to her publishing site as well where she can help you write your first non-fiction book. So again, thank you for being a guest on the Best Book Bits podcast and we'll catch up soon, okay? Thank you so much, Michael. No worries, great. Thanks.